Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 15 gigs of data and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. We have been doing this show for 
two years yet, Chris? Have we been on the air for two years? We've been on for longer than two years, right? Two and a half or something like that. We're very experienced. I can honestly say there's never been a show I look forward to more than this one. The the story today, our history story, just good fun. Oh, yeah, I mean, people die and stuff like that, but it's just good fun for the most part. The I, I You have carried the show today. The Ask Dr. Jesse questions and the lies your parents told you are jaw-dropping. Jewish producer Chris and I have been laughing for the last 45 minutes. You people are twisted, man, and your parents are seriously twisted, too. I I have asked Dr. Jesse questions about in-laws, heavy, heavy in-laws questions. I haven't asked Dr. Jesse question about making conservatism cool. And I have thoughts on that, genuine thoughts on it. And a dark ass Dr. Jesse question about wanting your enemies to have abortions. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be such a good day. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Let's get right into it because we have we have a lot to get to today, to put it mildly. <laughs> Let's rewind a little bit to the gangster slash bank robbing era of the Great Depression. All the names you know, and I was stunned to find out I'd never done one on Pretty Boy Floyd. I've done John Dillinger. I know, Chris. I know. At least to my knowledge, I couldn't think of one. I don't think I've ever done one on Pretty Boy Floyd. That is so unacceptable. I wouldn't blame you if you turned off the radio right now and walked away. I've never done one on it. But let's let's do a brief setup for where we are. That John Dillinger, Pretty Boy Floyd era. Baby face nails and so on and so forth. It is the Great Depression. And I wasn't alive during the Great Depression. I've had the privilege of talking to a lot of people who were very dark times. One of the main things that was happening in the Great Depression was people were losing their homes. And there's something there's something special about a home. You know that I'm not a sentimental person to put it mildly. I don't cry at movies, I'm not emotional. My wife says I have no emotions or feelings at all. It's, it's, I'm not an emotional person. I, I get attached to places I've lived. And remember, we lived in 10 houses in 10 years when I was a kid. We'd buy them and flip them and buy them and flip them trying to make money, just trying to earn a living, trying to get by. And to this day, I've lived all over the country. To this day, when I'm leaving a place, whether it's an apartment I was in for six months, a home I owned, I will have a moment. The last time I'm walking out the door, I will have a moment and look at it. And I'm not crying, but it's as close as I'll come to having an emotional moment. What, Chris? See, Chris just asked if I had the same thing when I moved down the street, because I've done that before, like moved a quarter mile away, and the answer is yes. So you want to know why? Here's why. And this is, look, if I have emotion, everybody does. It's not obviously the the drywall and the boards and and the stove. You look at it. And you think about all the memories you had in it. 
and you're walking away from it. I, again, I'm not crying on the floor, but I'm having a moment. There's, there's an attachment there. There's an attachment there. People have attachments to their homes. You have an attachment to your home. When they're foreclosing on people, the banks are foreclosing on people because, and look, everyone likes to make out the banks to be the bad guys. Uh, Banks are not charity organizations. Banks are there to make money. They loan you money, so you will pay said money back with interest. That's how banks make money. Uh, I mean, Let's not be children about this, but we're not going to go into that right now. However, banks are foreclosing on people a lot of the time, and they're taking people's homes, which is not only personal for the person whose home is being taken away, it's personal for their friends, family, neighbors. Oh, did you hear about Bob and his wife and and their 10 kids? Uh, Local so-and-so community bank just foreclosed on them. Gave them two days to get out. What spreads in that kind of an environment is serious resentment and animosity. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the banks were justified. And of of course, some of the banks were scummy and some were great and whatnot, but it doesn't matter if it was justified or not. We're not, we're not doing right or wrong when it comes to this. What you have to understand is how much resentment there was towards banks. And another thing you have to learn about the Great Depression, picture this. People would go to their banks to get their money out, and the bank won't give it to them. Can you wrap your mind around that? Now, they have all kinds of protections against such a thing today, but wrap your mind around going down to your local bank. Hey, uh, I need to pull out my money. No. I'm sorry, what do you mean no? No, that money's gone, it's ours now. And again, the banks weren't all doing this to be harsh. Some of the banks were closing. Some of the banks were trying to cover other things because your money doesn't get put in a bank and just sit there. Your money gets put in a bank and the bank uses it to try to make more money with it. And that's, that's how banks make money. But lots of people, not one or two, were going down to banks. Hey, I need my money. Banks all, nope, can't have it. You think that creates animosity? You think that creates anger? And so that's the situation on the ground. Now let's go to pretty boy Floyd. His real name, it should be noted, is Charles Arthur Floyd, but that's so boring, we're going to go with pretty boy Floyd. What's his deal? Well, it's funny about these Great Depression-era gangsters like Floyd and Dillinger. They're different, and I think... I think part of the reason they conducted themselves the way they did was, in general, they came from good families, pretty good families, which is very rare in the criminal world, the mafia world, street gang world, whatever, whatever, whatever violent crime you find yourself in, in general, not obviously always, but in general, the home was a pretty rough place. But these guys, mothers, fathers, very close, sisters, brothers, good families. Pretty boy Floyd was a farmer's son. By all accounts, father was a loving, caring man, hardworking dude. But some people, I don't know if going bad, some people go bad is a fair thing to say, but some people just see that wild side and they have to walk on it. And they have to dabble in it. 
And here's a reality of life that you don't like to talk about and I don't like to talk about at all. Because we like to view our, our, our Judeo-Christian nature likes to view everybody as being redeemable, right? I mean, you people believe that too, right, Chris? Everybody's redeemable. Every, every individual is sacred. Everyone's redeemable. You talk to cops off the record, as I do. You have a frank conversation with cops off the record. They will tell you. Not harshly either. They will tell you. Oh, this 14, 15-year-old? Yeah, they should already throw him in the penitentiary for 80 years. And you're like, what? What? You can't do that. How could you? Buddy, I'm not being mean. I've seen this story a thousand times. Yeah, he just did this couple petty crimes today. He's murdering somebody within three years. It's always the grizzled old veteran who knows. You start down a certain path. It's difficult to get yourself off of it. It just is. Floyd doesn't want to be a farmer. Floyd is interested in other things. What other things? Well, be careful, young men, things you're interested in. And I'm going to patch up somebody's relationship with their in-laws. Maybe. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day. And it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I also had asked on top of your ask Dr. Jesse questions and your love and your hate and all these other things. I had asked for lies your parents told you. You know how we've been reading these hilarious ones all week or lies you told your kids. There's one. You guys are twisted, man. You guys have some twisted parents, and it is so stinking funny. <laughs> All right, I got to wrap up Pretty Boy Floyd quick because we have too much stuff to get to, Chris. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We're having fun today. Pretty Boy Floyd doesn't want to be a farmer's son. Well, he's okay with being a farmer's son. He just doesn't want to be a farmer. So he starts getting involved in stealing. Stealing this, stealing that. The little petty things, you know, lifting some candy bars from the store, things like that. Ends up stealing a big sack of pennies. He is going to be busted for it. His father steps in 
as a good father would and lies for his son and says he couldn't have stole that. He was he was with me the whole time. Lies for his son. I guess you can you we could probably argue whether that's what a good father would do. I will simply say that's what I would do. I wouldn't turn my kids in for nothing. They're my kids. Finally, that life of crime leads to more serious crimes. Soon he's robbing banks, and he's good. He's very good at it. But kind of raw, kind of raw. He's smart, can think on his feet, not violent, which you really didn't want to be violent if you're a bank robber because that brings down extra heat on you. But it it just had a, a charming way about him. He got that name pretty boy from a woman, sat down, started hitting on some woman. She said, oh, man, you are such a pretty boy. If you look at his picture, the dude was a good-looking dude. Looks like an actor. Looks like a model. Finally, he gets himself busted and gets himself sent to Missouri State Prison. And this is one of those prisons straight out of the older movies you can picture. I'm talking the kind of prison where they'll put the chain around your ankle with the heavy steel ball attached to it. The kind of prison where... You don't want to shower by yourself. A rough, rough place. And and keep in mind, I've done the story on Bonnie and Clyde before. This is this kind of prison is where someone like Clyde turned into really a murderer. Clyde was routinely abused by a, a bank robber there, abused terribly, and came out of that prison just a twisted individual, they said. Well, pretty boy, to his credit, seems to have avoided most of that. Because Pretty Boy Floyd wasn't there to just do normal things. Pretty Boy Floyd was there to learn his chosen craft. By now, he had decided, I enjoy being a criminal. I think I'm going to keep this up. So he tracks down all the other robbers and gangsters in Missouri State Prison. And he learns how to be a pro. And learning how to be a pro... Like most things, whether you're a criminal or otherwise, it takes time. You have to learn how to prepare. You have to learn how to be patient. He learns how to scout out banks. You don't just see a sign and storm in the door and hold up a pistol. You you watch. You learn. What's the guard situation? How far is it away from the cop shop? Do you know anybody in there? Can you get to know anybody in there? He learns the schedules. He learns to scout. He learns... To evade. Common thing, at least back in the day, I'm sure it probably still is, for bank robbers, you would have what was called a wheel man. That was not some idiot that you wanted to stay in the car. The wheel man was your driver, your getaway driver, and he was oftentimes the most critical part of the entire thing. He did not get out of the car. He had scouted routes out of the bank. He had practiced each route out of the bank. This was the man who could put in work for you and keep you from dying or going to prison. You had specialists in every crew. You're the wheel man. He's this man. He keeps on robbing. He eventually makes his way to Kansas City. And you need to think of Kansas City during this era as the capital of crime. That may be a bit unfair because you have other cities like New York with the five families. But Kansas City, one, had a huge mafia presence in it for a long, long, long time. Until the 70s, Kansas City had a huge mafia presence. 
and this was Bank Robber Central. Yes, Chris, you didn't know about the Kansas City Mafia? The Kansas City Mafia, Chris, and the Chicago Mafia were really the two main beneficiaries of the Las Vegas skim. You know that movie Casino where they were skimming all the money and taking all the cash? You don't know this? I'm going to have to teach you this, dude. I'll do a, I'll do a show on this next week, the Las, the Las Vegas skim. That was mainly the mis- Midwest mobs. Midwest mobs. Anyway, back to Kansas City. He gets arrested again. Now, this time he gets arrested. He wasn't the man who was actually at the bank robbery. He was back at the safe house doing other things. And as they're escaping the bank robbery, they shoot a cop dead. This is still dangerous business. Cops show up because they follow the bad wheel man who couldn't lose them. And the idiot drives them right back to the safe house where pretty boy Floyd is waiting. Cuffs on. Arrested. Only Floyd, this is where he starts to make a bit of a name for himself. Floyd gets put on a prisoner train. Floyd finds a way to get out of his handcuffs on the prisoner train and dives headfirst out the train window, through the train window, when the train is going full speed. The cops figure out that he's gone, hammer on the brakes, and go do a wide sweep looking for him. Only Floyd was famously absurdly calm in dangerous situations. Also, as a farmer's son, and this will come into play in a little bit, Floyd was very, very calm in the woods, in the wilderness. It's just how he grew up. He was a country boy. Floyd doesn't run. The cops are sweeping the area looking for him. He just stays still and won't move. At one point, they later found out they trapped. They were within three feet of Floyd, and he just laid there, unmoving. Finally, they just give up, get back on the train, and take off, and now he's free. Only now he's getting on the radar of something called the FBI. But you need to adjust your thinking on the FBI when it comes to our story. This is the early years of the FBI. This is the J. Edgar Hoover years. The FBI didn't even, at the beginning of this whole era, didn't even have the authority to arrest anybody. They didn't even carry weapons, as it should be. They were just a bunch of lawyers. Now, it was was a more admired profession back then, because they weren't a bunch of political scumbags like they are now, but it was a more admired profession back then. Because J. Edgar Hoover, you know, I mean, they looked down on him in history. J. Edgar Hoover was fanatical about who he recruited. He only recruited people on the up and up. He wanted educated people. He had strict grooming standards. You will dress a certain way. You will wear your hair a certain way. It's pretty much what you would want your FBI to be. Not this bunch of losers we have now. But that's another story. The FBI starts to pay more attention to this thing. And we're in an era, remember, early years of the FBI, they're trying to justify their existence. J. Edgar Hoover is trying to prove to the powers that be that we are an important organization you want. Back to Floyd. Floyd is still, when I said he was not violent, that's that's not exactly true. He'd still killed four or five cops. Four or five people, not 
Look, he's a criminal. He's a cop killer. It's not good. But it was in general, in the course of a robbery, one of those forced kind of things. I'm not defending killing a cop. But he was certainly not as bad as someone like Babyface Nelson. I am going to wrap this story up because we have too much stuff to get to. Give me a second. Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit dipping tobacco. Now, don't don't change the channel. I am not lecturing you about dipping tobacco. You know this. I've told you a thousand times. I dipped forever. And however much you love tobacco, however much you love it, I loved it as much or more. I did. I loved it. I needed help quitting. And help, help is not telling somebody, you have to quit. That, that doesn't help somebody. Helping somebody is giving them a solution, a way to transition off of it. Jake's Mint Chew, they have a bunch of different flavors. They even have CBD pouches, but it's no tobacco, no nicotine, no sugar. It allows you to put something in your lip to replace it. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 20, that's right, 20% off. Oh boy, it is going to be a day. We're going to get in trouble. Let's go. Let's go, Chris. We got to finish talking about Pretty Boy Floyd. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. As you know, the rest of the week is serious. Uh, Kind of. I mean, a little bit serious, Chris. More serious than Friday, Chris. On Fridays, though, my general philosophy has simply been Dude, it's Friday. Haven't we all been beaten over the face with enough stuff during the week? Especially now when everything sucks under Biden. Nobody nobody wants to feel like garbage going into a Friday. Look, I'll be frank. My feeling is I know a lot of people. People listen at different times. Uh, The podcast downloads because every show is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes after the show. So a lot of people listen live. A lot of people listen at their leisure. I know a lot of you listen on your way home from work. I, when I used to listen to a lot of radio, I don't anymore. I used to hate listening to angry radio on a Friday when I got off work. You know, you have that feeling when there's no better feeling getting in your pickup Heading home on a Friday. You're done for a couple days. I didn't want to hear it. Ah, we're all going to die. That's, buddy, maybe we are all going to die. I don't want to know. Tell me on Monday. (laughs) Tell me on Monday. You're killing my vibe. I'm a big setting the tone guy. Setting the tone guy. Don't get me distracted right now, Chris. We have to finish talking about Pretty Boy Floyd. He keeps robbing. He keeps robbing. He keeps robbing. Remember, this is a man who was killed. But not necessarily a murderer out there, like intentionally doing it. He's a murderer, but not not hunting people down. And the cops. Let's get to the cops. This was an era. This era actually sparked a, lo- a lot of gun laws. Sadly, this was an era where the crooks 
oftentimes were better prepared for for a fight than the cops were. The Bonnie and Clyde went through this all the time. They had, I mean, they had Tommy guns. They had heavy machine guns. They just, there were times more than once the cops wouldn't pursue the bank robbers or flat out wouldn't show up. Oh, this is a bank robbery. Oh, okay, we're going to. We're going to get on that after this pot of coffee's done. I can't rush right over there. Oh, I missed them. And I'm not ripping on the cops. You give me a, a six-shooter like most of these guys have, maybe a shotgun, and I'm going up against a Tommy gun, and I don't think anybody's life is probably in imminent danger because the bank robbers in general tried to avoid that kind of thing. I, I, I might not be rushing over there either. I, I got a wife and kids I'd like to go home to at the end of the day. So the problem with these circles, with bank robbing circles, is you end up getting in a bit of a rough crowd. You end up having to partner up with people you normally wouldn't partner up with. One of, one of Floyd's main partners is a drunk and a violent person. And like I said, Floyd was not. Probably came from that upbringing. They're sitting in a mechanic's office one day, Floyd and his partner. Local sheriff rolls right up to him. Only he's not there to arrest them. He doesn't even know who they are. He's just there gabbing about the weather and such. Floyd's partner freaks out, pulls out a weapon to murder the cop. Floyd jumps in front of him and says, whoa, whoa, no, what? This guy didn't do anything. Whoa, whoa, we're not doing anything. Only now you're in a bind. Now you have to do something with the cop. Floyd doesn't want to kill the cop. They tie him up and kidnap the cop. They throw him in the trunk of the car and take off for Kansas City. Remember, Kansas City is that criminal mecca. They dropped the cop in a ditch outside of town. He was later found completely unharmed, said Floyd could not have been more polite. Just say, sorry, bud. That's all I got to do. Sorry. But he gets into Kansas City. And remember I talked about how the mafia was, Kansas City was a big mob town. The mafia had a heavy hand in a lot of these bank robberies, or at least bank robbers. When I say heavy hand, I mean this. Either they were guided by the mob or the mob demanded their cut. Oh, yeah, no, you want to go have your fun, rob some banks? Totally fine. I'm going to go ahead and get 5% of that, though. I'm going to go ahead and get 10% of that. And you don't want to see what happens if you don't get me what I want. And... It was extremely beneficial for the bank robbers to do that anyway. They would oftentimes check in with the local mob anyway because the local mob could help you if you were on the run. You wanted a great relationship with them. Yeah, hey, Al Capone, here's your 10%. More than happy to. By the way, they're hot on my trail. You have a place I can lay low for a little while? Yeah, of course. Come on. I got you. No problem. He gets into Kansas City, and the mob there has a job for him. Pretty Boy Floyd had a great reputation at this point. Calm, cool customer, the kind of man who gets things done. And there was a bank robber by the name of Nash who had been arrested. Nash was another guy with a great reputation. Floyd did not know him, did not work with him. But Nash had been arrested and was getting ready to get shipped off to hard time. The mob calls in Pretty Boy Floyd, a couple other dudes, and says, Hey, I want you to spring Nash out of prison or get him out of police custody before he gets to prison. It's thought that he did this for money, but we don't really know a lot of details of it. There are still people out there who say he didn't do it. 
Nash agrees, or uh, Floyd agrees. So they're at Union Station. They're at Union Station. The cops and Nash. Remember, Nash is the man under arrest. And what actually happened at Union Station, I don't think we will ever know. What we do know is this. Nash was actually in the front seat. There were three cops. When I say cops, the FBI was there too. Local cops, FBI. There were three cops in the back seat. We know that three men, Pretty Boy Floyd is thought to have been one of them. Three men pop up with Tommy guns. And by the time they're done, Nash, the bank robber they were supposed to save, is dead. And cops are dead. Four of them. FBI and local cops. Now, the reason I bring up that story in such a vague way is the story was sold as the three robbers, Pretty Boy Floyd, popped up with their Tommy guns, just started opening fire on everybody there, killed Nash, killed the cops, and took off. This is widely known as a famous incident called the Kansas City Massacre. However, there is a lot of forensic evidence What they could gather after, there's evidence one of the cops in the back seat with a shotgun in his hand accidentally killed two of his fellow cops with the shotgun and shot off the top of Nash's head on accident who was sitting in the passenger seat and they blamed it all on Floyd and the other guys. I don't know who I believe I don't generally go to the cops are liars and crooks are telling the truth thing, but I will say, and I don't know what frame of mind he was in. By this point, there was nothing in Floyd's background that would indicate he's the type of man who's going to pop up with a Tommy gun and mow down a bunch of people indiscriminately and take off. That is not the babyface Nelson. If you told me he did that. Oh yeah. Nelson would have killed a lot more than four or five Floyd. That's not his history. But either way, none of that matters. It's known as the Kansas City Massacre. And now this is used by J. Edgar Hoover because one of his guys died and the cops died. This is used by him as an opportunity. He wants more authority. He wants weapons. He wants arrest authority. He wants in on this thing. He's going to make a name for himself here. One of the men involved with Pretty Boy Floyd in the Kansas City Massacre was a man by the name of Vern Miller, Vernon Miller. And, I mean, the mob did send them on the job to rescue Nash. And Nash didn't stay alive, and the cops are dead, and apparently the mob had a big problem with that. That and your Ask Dr. Jesse questions next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. I need you. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, We'll be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special. Yeesh. Do these people know how creepy they sound, Chris? Uh, look... I don't know about y'all. I got together with about 100 people last 4th of July, and we shot off illegal fireworks in the middle of the road, and we had a big cookout, and it was the best. And the local cops drove by, and I'm friends with all of them. And they're like, hey, Jesse. I'm like, hey, guys. We got fireworks all over the street. Y'all be safe. You too. (laughs) And I'll be doing the same thing this July 4th too. You're welcome to hide at home if you want. No one ever dies at home. All right, never mind. We'll get we'll, we'll get to that later. Chris, we have too much stuff. Let me finish Pretty Boy Floyd. Vern Miller, he was one of Pretty Boy Floyd's partners during this failed thing. And remember, this Kansas City massacre saw the death of Nash, who they wanted saved, and it saw the death of cops. The mafia does not want dead cops. Dead cops bring heat. Apparently... They got a hold of Vern Miller, the mob did, and they let him know about their displeasure. They found Vern Miller dead in a ditch later on. He had died. The final blow was a claw hammer to the head. That was a mercy considering what they were doing to him beforehand. We're moving on. Now... Pretty Boy Floyd, remember the whole beginning of the show, how people hated the banks, is a celebrity. I mean celebrity. Anytime a bank is robbed, people, they'll brag that it was Pretty Boy Floyd, even if he didn't do it, because it's a mark of status if you get robbed by him. Oh, yeah, Pretty Boy Floyd robbed our bank. Pretty Boy Floyd came and robbed our town. He robs... In his own hometown, at one point, I'm not making this up, he invites his family and friends before the robbery to come set up shop and watch him rob. 
In fact, he replaces his grandfather, who was seated somewhere he didn't think would have a good enough view, and moves him to a different place so they can watch him rob the bank. He walks in the barber shop next door and tells the barber, hey, I'm going to go rob the bank. I just want to let you know, don't call the cops or anything, okay? And they're like, yeah, Floyd, you're good, bud. Have a good one. (laughs) When I say celebrity, people will... People will sign up for some ugly things if you're opposing the bad guy. It's human nature. It's not good. It's not bad. It's human nature. But these stories always come to an end. Eventually, John Dillinger gets killed in 1934. Well, John Dillinger was public enemy number one. Once John Dillinger goes down, you know the government's never going to look around and say, well, I guess we should pack up our stuff, take away our funding, we're done here. They needed a new public enemy. Pretty boy Floyd, he got on the FBI's radar big time now. And after that dead FBI agent, they were already all over him. In some of the worst luck humanly possible, Floyd is riding in a car with his partner and their girlfriends. They get in a car wreck just by themselves. They can't go into town to get help, so they send the women to get help, and the cops roll up on them. Partner gets arrested. Floyd takes off into the woods. Floyd is very comfortable in the woods. The cops figure out quickly, though, uh, okay, this partner we arrested is Pretty Boy Floyd's partner. That must mean that's Pretty Boy Floyd. Go get him. The FBI mounts up a massive hunt through the forest. Horses, dogs, the works. Pretty Boy Floyd, crafty devil that he is, old farmer's son that he is, makes it out. He makes it through the woods and past the horses and past the dogs. And remember I said he was a pretty dude and a charmer? He comes across the house starving, practically dying of thirst. And there's a lady there. He charms his way into her home and she makes him dinner. Spare ribs and stuff. (laughs) And then when he's done with that, this dude must have had game. When he's done with that... Talks her into a ride to town. A ride to town. She gets a hold of her brother. Brother throws Floyd in the car. They take off heading towards town. Sometimes, though, you're the dog. And sometimes you're the tree. We'll wrap this up. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. 
If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Pretty Boy Floyd happens to run into FBI super agent Melvin Purvis driving the other way on the road with other cops. He bails out of the car, takes off across the cornfield, heading towards a tree line. Apparently the cops had a stone cold killer with him who could handle a weapon from 500 yards away. And I think the guy had open sights, but don't quote me on this. Pow! Nails Floyd in the arm. Floyd gets up again, bobs and weaves. Pow! Next one did not hit him in the arm. Floyd laid there dying. The cops ran up to him, started questioning Floyd as he was dying. Floyd went out like a gangster, though. Said, I'm not telling you guys a single thing before he took his last breath. And that is the story of Pretty Boy Floyd. And now it is time for what's going to be the greatest Ask Dr. Jesse slash lies your parents told you Friday ever. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, if you miss any part of the show, The whole thing is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, on iTunes. We have the best Ask Dr. Jesse questions ever and some of the most twisted lies that parents have told you and that you've told your kids. This one, when I was five, my mom told me I did not behave. If I did not behave, the garbage men would take me away with the trash. She evidently forgot this lie and could not understand why in the weeks to follow, every time I saw the garbage truck pull to the house, I would run screaming into my room and hide under the bed. <laughs> he says she, I can use his name. That's Mike from the People's Republic of New York. That is so sick. <laughs> All right. Get serious, Chris. We have an in-laws question here and... It is a doozy. You ready for this one? Hang on. Buckle up, everybody. You're here for the ride now. Dear Oracle of Awesome, Shogun of Beep Shows, and the Great Sombrero in the Sky. 
I have a question for you that requires your unique intellect and skill. It's basically a yes or no answer. It's a delicate subject matter, a universal subject matter, and one that sends freezing cold shivers down the spines of ordinary people. It's about two words. No, it's not antichrist. It's the in-laws. Yes, indeed. So with that said, here's the situation on the ground as follows. Pay attention. Pay attention. Here we go. My wife's parents live with us for about six months out of the year. Note her siblings will uh, or cannot her siblings cannot take them in. They are elderly, poor, and get very minimal social security slash food stamps. They spend the other six months in their native country, and I live in a very small abode. Very nice people who I enjoy, and the language barrier limits our interaction. He says it's not a bad thing. It's certainly not. So, after working a grueling evening shift, I come home to eat a sandwich. I'm about three bites into a pastrami sandwich when my wife saddles up to me at the kitchen and says the words a husband generally does not want to hear. Can I ask you a question? Typically, in my experience, nothing good follows that phrase. Immediately, my stomach conjures up thoughts of uncontrollable IBS, and my left temple twitches like an old light bulb. Being the ogre I am, I still trudge through the sandwich. It's at this point where my wife says, quote, My parents would like to know if we can send them $75 a month for the use of the food stamps while they're away. I'm not going to lie. It took me a minute or two to process. First, they are not my food stamps. I work hard to sustain food on the table and don't need them, quite honestly. Second, food stamps typically can be exchange, cannot be exchanged for cash. So I really don't see the need to buy a gallon of Haagen-Dazs, then turn around and sell such product to, say, 34th and 8th Street. Call me crazy, but that's a hard no. So I told my wife, uh, no. I told her that I live by a certain creed, and that is never mix family slash friends with money, sex, politics, religion, etc. So, Dr. Jesse, was I right? Yes or no? Thank you, your devoted listener. You were 100% right. 100% right. Even if it was a slightly different situation than the food stamps, you never, ever get in a money situation with family or friends. Ever. In a million years. And you know what? Credit to you, pal, for willing to do something necessary. I don't know whether you fought with the old lady or not, but I tell this to young dudes. I tell this to young ladies all the time. When you're young, you tend to be more emotional. I, I'd say that's probably fair, right, Chris? That's fair. You're more emotional when you're young. You don't like to have a fight. I mean, I don't like to have a fight now. Who likes to have a fight with their buddy, with their wife, with their girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever? It, it, it doesn't feel nice. Fights are so healthy for anything. You have got to have it out sometimes. I, I see these people. We've talked about this before on the show. I, I You talk to these people. Oh, I, I love him so much. We never fight. We've been together a year. If you've been together for a year 
and you, quote, never fight, you're not working out your issues. Somebody is eating a poop sandwich and talking about how great it tastes. You had better start working out the issues. It is so good you put your foot down right there because you know that doesn't stop at $75 in food stamps a month. I think it's fine you take them in. That's just what stuff family does for family. The handing money back and forth, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Boy, did you make the right call there. Dear handsome oracle of the anti-communist party, Chris, you talked about how CPAC was good on the recent show, and I agree. We all need to have fun. The reason it comes off as lame is the people that attend it are nerds who always talk politics. This isn't who the party is anymore. The average Republican went from looking like Mr. Rogers under Mitt Romney to a redneck that works in construction that drinks Bud Evies with his friends while blasting Leonard Skinner in Kid Rock. Is this guy spying on me, Chris? How does the Republican Party change the old perception of boring to, to I don't know what he's trying to say here, to what the average young voter has, has become? Do we need to get smoking hot wives and start throwing parties? Best regards, Glendon. All right, here's the deal, bud. It's already happening. What you want to happen is already happening. And this, this, this is a difficult conversation to have with people on the right because people on the right are more traditional. People on the right are more issues-based voters, more logical thinkers. That's part of the reason you're on the right. You're a logical thinker. And so people on the right, we don't like to admit that movies are important. We don't like to admit that that actress everybody loves, that actor everyone admires, his opinion does matter. That sucks. You and I, you see that guy talk at the Oscars, and you think, who? no one's listening to that nutball. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. That's part of culture. You want, you want to be appealing, too. And that sucks. But we talk hard truths on this show all the time. But, you know, and these two things are going to overlap. Why do you think all the women you see on cable news are dimes? Why do you think that is? It's a visual product. People want to look at dimes. Now, you obviously want to be smart and have opinions and things like that, too. But people want dimes. We have to be honest about human nature. Right now, things are going well for us. In that regard, because the Democratic Party is ancient and boring. The two most powerful Democrats in the United States of America are Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. Combined, they're roughly 600 years old. That's a good thing. The GOP is getting young and hot. Did you look up uh, Lauren Boebert, the freshman congressman from California? That chick is a smoke show. Did you look up, uh, what was her, Catalina Lauf, who we, on what was that, yesterday or the day before, the one running in a primary against Adam Kinzinger? She looks like a model. Now, I'm not saying you have to, uh, you know, completely be an ogre about it, but that is a good thing. You want your party to be young and sexy because it's appealing to people. The boat parties were good. What I'm saying to you is it's already happening. The party is becoming younger and cooler, plus... We're the counterculture, man. 
kids want to be in the counterculture. Hang on. Listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. We have to take care of our health as we get older. And isn't that isn't that so lame and boring? Don't you don't you miss being ten foot tall and bulletproof when you're twenty years old? I do. But I'm not twenty anymore. I'm thirty nine now. And I have to take proactive steps to take care of my health. But there's this thing about me, as you well know. I hate pills. I, I don't like medicine. I, I just try to keep as much of that garbage out of my body as possible. I look for natural solutions. I have to monitor my heart and my blood pressure. Super Beats is the easiest, best tasting, natural way for me to do that. I eat two Super Beats heart chews every single day. That helps my heart. That helps my blood pressure. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. And get this, when you buy two bags, they'll give you a third free. Seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. It is Jesse, the Oracle Kelly, Chris Sombrero. Jesse's coming soon. We're not far away from Cinco de Mayo. Gosh, it's gonna be so cool. I'm gonna have the biggest sombrero on in history. We're bringing a mariachi band into the studio for the show. I'm just gonna have them break out into song at random times. Chris will get mad. I don't care. Email. Dear Shogun Steel Oracle Sombrero Jesse, you need to have a shirt that says what, Chris? It could have your face on it with a little bubble. Me and my dad would buy one. I just wanted to, I just want to say because of you, I feel like I know more history than my history teacher teaches us. Also, if you were stranded on a desert island, what's one thing you would take or have with it, with you? You would probably going to answer a boat or plane, so those aren't options. From your biggest 12-year-old fan. That's pretty cool. Um, one, I am amazed at the What Chris thing, how big that has become. I have had more requests to have that on T-shirts and bumper stickers. We're just going to have to do it one of these days, Chris. I'd say, I'll put in the request. You're fine. I'll get you one for the show. <laughs> Two, one thing. <sighs> One thing on a deserted island. Obviously, a pl- she says plane and boat aren't options. So th- so getting out wouldn't be an option. So if I can't get out and I could have one thing. One thing is difficult. One thing is difficult. Maybe, maybe an axe or a hatchet of some kind. Why are you shrugging away? Like, the, like that's not any good. You have some better idea than an axe or I'm the one on the island. A survival radio. You're on a deserted island, doofus. It's not a ham radio. You only have so much range. What are you gonna do with it? Listen to the Beatles. Ease. Back to your questions. 
Dr. Kelly, the great Oracle of Ohio and Shogun of the South. I have several questions, but we'll save for the save most for the subsequent Fridays. Here's two. I'm going to skip the first one. It doesn't matter. But the second one is dark. All right, this is dark, so buckle up. I believe I am as far right as you on just about every issue besides one, and that is abortion. I would never promote the idea for family and friends. However, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that rise in abortion rates is correlated with decreases in crime. The logic being that an unwanted and unloved child is is statistically more likely to go astray. These are similar to the statistics you've quoted yourself regarding a father abandoning a child. Also, you mentioned repeatedly how conservatives need to outbreed liberals in order to take back the country in the long run. So as dark, cruel, and immoral as we personally feel about abortion, shouldn't we allow liberals to unbreed, a.k.a. abortion? The long-term result being more children learning conservative values and less leftist spawn. Love the show since the beginning. Keep fighting the good fight. You can use my first name. That's from This is from Dan. Well, that's heavy. And Chris and I actually talked about this one before the show. Chris feels like the man has a good point. Do I have to, did I summarize your your position right? I'm not saying Chris was all out endorsing it. Feels like the man has a good point. And I will tell you, I'm not I'm not judging you. I'm not pointing your finger at you. And logically, if you're going to look at human beings as just numbers on a page, I would say logically you're correct. I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you, calling you a scumbag, idiot, immoral, or any of those things, nor would I be qualified to do any of that. Should be noted, speaking of dimes, Chris, we have a Washington Redskins cheerleader coming on next hour. Not to brag or anything like that. Anyway, however, it's still a baby. I understand what you're talking about, and I'm not telling you you're wrong. And I'm not telling you you have to feel about any issue the way I feel. I'm not your pope. I'm not your dad. I'm not your spiritual guider. I'm not qualified to do any of those things. I'm a bad person. When I look at that, I look at a baby. And you tell me, because I've heard these arguments before about uh, the child's unwanted. The child's going to have a bad life. The child's going to turn out to be a criminal or a drug addict. And, and so often those things turn out to be true. But it is still, in my mind, the way I view the world, it is still an individual, God-created soul that you don't have a right to kill. I don't view you as having a right to kill it. That doesn't mean I judge anybody who has I've talked to so many people who have gone through that and done it and and hate it and hate themselves and regret it, but but there's no judgment here. I've screwed up a lot more than you've ever screwed up in your lifetime. There's no judgment here. I view it as as a God-created soul you don't have a right to destroy for any reason. I'm not telling you that's how you have to view it. That's how I view it. On paper, logically, black and white, you're not wrong. Ah, screw them. They can kill all your kids. We'll just have all the kids. But, man, that's, I can't get there. I can't get there. 
I can't get here either. Speaking of the lies parents tell their kids. Whew. When I was little and making the transition from diapers to underwear, my mom bought me underwear with a crocodile on the front of them and told me if I peed my pants, the crocodile would bite my, quote, noodle. <laughs> it's so terrible. That is so terrible. Oh, gosh. Chris, did I ever tell you what we had to do with my oldest child when we were trying to get him potty trained? Oh, it was it was the worst experience of my entire life, of my entire life. Now, we know now that he's older. My oldest is 12. We know he does not like dirt between his fingers. He doesn't like that feeling of – it's not that he's not dirty. He's dirty all the time and playing. But if he gets – uh, sand between his fingers. He has to get it off. Like it, it bothers him. Does that make sense? It bothers him. He doesn't like that feeling of things like that against him. So we we know now what he was going through back then. But my oldest would not poop in his diaper. He simply would not poop in his diaper. Period. And he would he would. My wife still laughs about it. He would because I changed diapers. I know you all think I'm a monster, but I changed a million diapers. He would wait. Until you changed his diaper, and then he would go. And by then, there was so much buildup, it would launch across the room. I'm talking 15 feet across the room. It would launch all over you. Oh, Chris, the worst experience you can possibly imagine. We would we would drape ourselves in towels. It exploded on my face. It is the wor- We used to have to fool him where you'd take the diaper off and then quickly put it back on, hoping he'd go in it. It was the worst. Well, eventually we move past that, and we're, we're putting him in underwear and teaching him potty training and stuff like that. He, now he's at the point where I don't know whether we messed him up with how we did it. I don't know. Now he doesn't want to go at all, and he certainly doesn't want to go in the toilet. And then he, sees, he lets it build up so much that when he finally does go, it hurts, and now he associates that with pain, so he doesn't want to go. Long story short, not going to gross you out, he won't go. He won't go, and he won't poop in the toilet. I'm, and I, when I say won't go, I'm talking four or five days, a child who eats regularly. And it, it, once it gets to that point, it's dangerous. It's bad for him. You have to make them go. So they have these little uh, – they, uh, they used to. I don't know if they still do. These little enemas. It's just a little tube with a little pill that will make you have to go. They have them at the pharmacy. You know what we used to have to do? Oh, gosh. I'll finish this in a second. We'll get back to your story. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. 
probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Yeah, Jesse, I'm looking at the TV, and I'm looking at the Chinese Army, and they look awesome. They're goose-stepping, Jesse, goose-stepping, and they're all lean. And then I look at our guys on TV, and they're all laying around, and they're fat. And I see in the troops there's broads. We're screwed, Jesse. We're screwed. (laughs) Don't hold back. Just tell me how you feel. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, it's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You can call in and leave voicemails like that one, 877-377-4373. It's such a good day. Dear Shogun, which Girl Scout cookies do you think are best and which Girl Scout cookies are trash? Everyone seems to have a very passionate answer, so I thought I would ask the master of food. Also, what is it with women and Thin Mints? One, women like Thin Mints because they're called Thin Mints. And women don't feel like they're eating as much cookie if they're eating something that's called Thin. So instead, they'll just eat an entire box of Thin Mints and feel better about themselves because they're called Thin Mints. That's one. Two, Girl Scout cookies, all of them are absurdly overrated. You don't like the Girl Scout cookie any more than a thousand other cookies you walk by in the grocery store aisle every single day. You like the idea of supporting a good local cause like the Girl Scouts, of walking to your door, handing a little girl a 20, and her coming back nine months later or however long it takes and handing you 10 boxes of cookies. You like the idea of Girl Scout cookies. It's completely it's completely an idea thing. What, Chris? No, you don't like them more because they're rare. They're not rare. Everyone has them all the time. They're not rare at all. You can get all those cookies, the same kind of cookie. And Chris said the best of the Samoans. Is that the coconut? Please tell me you just picked the disgusting coconut ones as the best ones. Chris is a disgusting beast who likes coconut. What a foul pig. Dr. Jesse, the Oracle Shogun, El Grand Sombrero, most handsome Grunt Kelly. Greetings from Poland. I like your national divorce idea. However, who or what will be the divorce judge? I see that 95% of divorces in the U.S. are done out of court and presumably uncontested. The other 5% have to have to force the state government judge or make the separation happen. All right. Here's the deal. When we're dividing up our assets and we're going our separate ways and we're figuring out who gets the kid and who gets how much of the debt and who gets the Pacific Ocean and who gets the Atlantic Ocean, when we're going through these tough things, we will find an independent, neutral negotiator. I would initially, my first thought was Israel 
But then I thought that might not work out well because the left hates them and they'll, they'll, they'll automatically distrust everything the Jews say. So maybe not Israel. Is there a case? Maybe Switzerland, Chris? Switzerland's neutral. But I don't know if they have enough diplomatic experience. Somebody like that. May, honestly, this is going to make everybody uncomfortable. Maybe France. France would want to trade with both. France has obviously lost its way over the years, but tons of history there. Their government now, I'm not going to say they're coming back, but even their government openly condemned the censorship of Trump. Maybe France. Plus, who knows more about divorce than France? See, Chris wants Canada and Mexico involved. Uh, No, here's why you haven't thought that through. They're each going to be heavily, heavily invested in our divorce. They're way too close to it. It would be like it would be like your brother moderating your divorce. It just doesn't, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work at all. Dear Jesse, I won't inflate your inflate your ego by spelling out how handsome you are, but I will say that you have what, Chris? But I will say that you have a very engaging voice. I find it difficult to pay attention to most podcasts since I largely focus on more on tone than content. However, when my husband recommended your show to me, I was excited to find I actually paid attention. Anyway, my husband and I homeschool our four children. God bless you for that. And I've started to play some of your history lessons for my oldest son. His favorites are endurance, white death, and the emu wars. He noticed that you describe many places on earth as hellscapes, and asked me tonight, what parts of the planet do you think Jesse Kelly actually likes? I told him I would send in his questions. Keep shouting those history lessons. Thanks, Casey. Well, I liked all kinds of places in the world. It's just all the interesting stuff happens in the dumps. And here's the thing. I genuinely, I like almost all of it. I'm not a desert guy. That's the one place I've spent way too much time in the desert. I'm out on the desert. But I like the beach. I like the lake. I like the tropics. I like the mountains. I like the snow. I like the rain. I, I, I like a lot of it. I think, I, I will tell you, I think a, a forest, a thick forest is the coolest environment on earth. Anywhere. I like, you don't like a forest, Chris? That's because you're a Texan. You guys don't even know what forests are here. Chris said, I say forest and he thinks Thailand. I didn't say triple canopy jungle with centipedes that can kill you, pal. I mean, I mean, a, a thick pine forest. One of the coolest parts about that story of uh, the Battle of Teutoburg Tut- Tutenberg Forest, where the Roman legions were killed by all those Germans, is it took place in this dark forest where the sun couldn't get down to the fo- It's so creepy, right? So creepy. Moving on. Dr. Sombrero, big fan of the show. What, Chris? I write to you from the communist tundra of Minnesota with some hard-hitting questions. A few weeks back, someone asked a question about who would win in a hippo versus saltwater croc match. Since then, I've been ruminating on a different matchup involving a hippo. Hippo versus grizzly bear on land or in water. I think a hippo wins both of those. I think a hippo wins both of those. And here's me and hear me out. Obviously, I'm a grizzly bear fan. Really, really, really big grizzly bear fan. 
I grew up in Montana. You learn to respect grizzly bears. I've seen grizzly bears tow around a full-grown moose that's dead like you or I would tow around a piece of paper. They're so absurdly strong. But the weight advantage for a hippo has, and you've seen their jaws crush watermelon. In the water, the grizzly bear is definitely dead. On land, uh, probably closer. I would give it a shot. I would give it a shot. I told you about that creepy video I saw one time, Chris, where the lions were attacking this hippo that got caught on land at night, and they were jumping all over it because it takes a bunch of them. See if you can find it. Because at one point in time, if you if Chris can find it, we'll put it on the show Twitter. Follow the show Twitter at Jesse Kelly Show. At one point in time, the hippo flips around and clamps one of the lion's heads in its mouth and then lets it go. And the next thing you see the next day is the lion, like half its jaw is falling off its face and it was going to starve to death because it couldn't eat now. What? Yes, like 12 lions. And they couldn't get it. The hippo lived. Hippos are beastly, man. Beastly. Ooh. Is it time to propose, Chris? Here we go. Are you ready for this? Almighty Shogun Oracle. I have been dating my girlfriend for about six months. I am 25. She is 24. I truly do believe she is the one for me, even though there are times I miss being a single guy and meeting other chicks. However, I fully agree with your advice that the best way we can defeat the communist demons on the other side is to get married and start cranking out kids because of their athletic, intelligent, and good-looking parents will dominate the loser alphabet soup kids of the communists. So my question is, what do you believe to be an appropriate timeline for popping the question? Thank you, Almighty One. What's wrong with right now? What's wrong with right now? I didn't wait a year. Some people wait five years. Chris is apparently going to wait till he's 90. What's wrong with right now? We're going to talk about this. Hang on a second. stocky follow like and subscribe on social at jesse kelly dc hey dad your prescription will be ready in just a minute hey dad your laundry will be ready in just a minute dad your lunch will be ready in just a minute hey honey why don't you take a minute when you help care for a loved one you give them as much time as you can making sure they're safe and comfortable but it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
track down one of the Lion versus Hippo videos because he's a sicko. We're going to put it on show Twitter, at Jesse Kelly Show. I am warning you now, this one might not be for everybody. My, uh, who was it? My buddy's wife watched it. She cried. It is rough. Well, I mean, cried because the lion got hurt. The lion was trying to eat the hippo. You love the lion because lions are beautiful. That You know what? That goes right back to what I was talking about. How good looks matter. You love the lion. That's why you root for the lion and you never root for the hyena. Why? Hyena didn't do anything. The, the lion is not inherently better than the hyena. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Why would you wait to ask her to marry you? There's not a right time. If you're ready and you think she's ready, put a ring on that woman's finger and start making some babies, man. It's just people... People, they adhere to tradition and timelines when there's no need to. And I say this just, as you know, I've taken a trillion huge chances in my life. And so many of them have ended in disaster. But you only got to hit on one. When I sniff something, an opportunity, I don't dip my toe in the water. I go all in. I was just talking to Michael Berry, my mentor in this business, yesterday. He's a good friend still. And he told me, he said, I remember when you quit your job. I was a sales manager at an RV place. And he and I had been talking about trying a media career about three years ago. And I'd never done it. And we were just discussing it. How, how way I could get into it, you know, possibly getting a night show and stuff like that. And I just quit one day. Quit my job. I mean, I'm six-figure income. Quit my job, I'm in. He was telling me, he said, you have no idea how scared I was for you. He said, I admire it. It's amazing. It couldn't possibly have worked out any better. But he said, I, I, I was nervous, legitimately nervous on your behalf. But that's how I do things. You take big chances. I do. That's how I'm built. I take big chances. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it don't. But. Everyone has a different philosophy in life. I live my life from my deathbed. I always have. That's how I do it. I always think to myself, when I'm laying there dying, am I going to want to have done A or am I going to want to have done B? What am I going to say when I lay there? I regret blank. And that's why I take big chances. I don't want to have regrets. And that's why, look, I have a 39-year-old life. Filled with complete disaster, which I share the stories of you with. And, and, and this career thing apparently looks like it's going to work. <laughs> so it's got big successes too. But that's how I live my life. What? I am not insane. I've, I've had people say that to me before. I'm not insane. Uh, impulsive, maybe. But again, I live from the deathbed. Remember, I joined the Marine Corps out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, I had never even discussed joining the military with anybody or my parents. I went to college, got a 0.0 grade point average of first semester, did marginally better the second semester, and then just woke up one day and decided, well, I need to be better than this. I need to, I need to, I'm not going to stay on this path and be a loser. 
And I just went down to the Marine Corps, the Marine recruiter. I was the biggest lay down for him in the world. I just walked in and signed up. He was like, wait, what? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm joining. Okay. My parents were furious. They were mortified. Like, what? Wait, what? Like, yeah, I'm joining the Marines. I'm going to do something else. I signed up to be infantry for your information, Chris. And and my dad was doubly furious because I had to go take the ASVAB. And I did so well on the ASVAB. It's like this entry-level test. It doesn't matter what it is. It's an entry-level like intellect test. I did so well on the ASVAB, I could have done – I qualified for any job I wanted in the Marine Corps. And – I gave him the book back. They had this gigantic binder of the different jobs laid out in it. And you can get, I mean, great training. My my buddies who went aircraft mechanic, they got out of the Marine Corps, were making 75 grand a year. What have I been telling you about the trades? Remember the trades. But I handed him the book right back and didn't even open it. I said, no, I'm joining the Marines to be a Marine. No, I'm infantry. Oh, my dad was so upset. What are you going to do? Kill people the rest of your life? Oh, that's really smart. I can still hear him yelling at me to this day. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Dr. Jesse Kelly, destroyer of communists and artesian of the grill. I'm 24 years old, and I went to local college to get a business degree, now working for an electrician. My buddies went to the big state college and racked up 100 k plus in debt for software and liberal arts degrees. Now I own my own home, make close to six figures a year, and I can take my old lady to Florida for a week and not have to worry about affording it. My liberal college buddies are sharing an apartment, waiting tables, while they try to find their software engineering job society promised them. I will definitely push my kids toward the trades when the time comes. How about that? We're not near done yet. Don't forget Washington Redskins cheerleader coming up. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Locals. Remember, that's the one I cannot be kicked off of. If you miss any part of the show, we open today's show talking about Pretty Boy Floyd, Robin Banks. The whole show is podcasted after the show on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's on iTunes. When you go to iTunes, need a favor. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. 
talking about how handsome I am. As you know, I read them on the air. Management thinks it's the dumbest thing in the world to have a bunch of reviews for a radio show talking about my looks. But I think it's hilarious. I think it is hilarious, and there's like 600 of them at this point in time. (laughs) All right. We still have lies you told your kids. We have, wow, some more Ask Dr. Jesse questions, and this one's on the vaccine. You want to talk about the vaccine? Something nobody wants to admit. I'll tell you in a second. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday final hour. We have a Washington Redskins cheerleader coming up in 30 minutes, Chris. Hey, you want to make the party more appealing? That's how we make the party more appealing. You want dimes? We'll bring the dimes on this show, Chris. Jesse, I've been thinking about the vaccination issue lately. I realize this might be one issue that could not unite certain liberals and conservatives since there are strong anti-vaccination factions on both sides. That's a strong that's a strong sentence to have to read, Chris. There are strong anti-vaccination factions. That's a lot of C's. Look, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm a hero. I just mean what? I just mean not everybody can do that. You see, this is from the East Coast to the West Coast. Do you think that once the government and other entities get to the point of mandatory vaccines, that we could actually see liberals and conservative groups uniting to to push back properly? Thanks. She says, feel free to use my name on the air if this ends up being read. Okay, her name's Anna Wilson. Um, The vaccination issue. First of all, I do agree that there could be an overlap of liberals and conservatives pushing back. Maybe not necessarily specifically about the vaccine, but not every single person on the left is a card-carrying, evil, dirty, murderous communist. A lot of people on the left go to the left because they think it is about compassion and equality and love and things like that. They do Now, they can lose their way really easily, but that, that is certainly a, a segment of the left. And they're already coming out, not in droves, but there are already people saying, whoa, when did we become this cancel place? When did we become so nasty to everybody? When did we? The, so you may see an overlap there when they realize it's not as kind and gentle and equal as, as promised. You may see that. But the vaccination thing, it, 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 it plays right along with my gladiator theory. 
and, and I'm just going to rehash this for the thousandth time. This is my gladiator theory, and it's true. The ancient Roman gladiatorial games were horrible. Everyone knows it. Human on human, human on animal, torturing prisoners, killing. I mean, it was an ugly, bloody, horrible affair, and the people loved it, flocked into it, filled the stadiums. Complete tyrants would stay in power because they would put on games, and people loved it so much. Now, fast forward to today. One gigantic event. Some promoter puts on one gigantic event, and it is the ancient Roman gladiatorial games. Not edited in any way. It's swords, spears, it's animal fights. You're spearing a lion, fighting elephants, all the blood, guts, gore, torture, death, everything. He's going to throw one big pay-per-view event at a football stadium in three months in America. Pause for a moment and think about the inhuman outrage that would pour onto that. It would be unlike anything else in the world for the last hundred years. That's the kind of outrage this would receive. Every single blog, website, cable news site, network news site, every single newspaper, every single, every outlet in the world, every actor, actress, musician, Democratic Party, Republican Party would talk about how inhumane and horrible and we won't do this in animal rights and human rights and this is a violation of international law. It would be the most outrageous thing in the world. And the, the hate for it would be so bad that by the time the event came on, you would not find a single person in the United States of America who would, admit, who would admit they're going to buy it and watch it. Not one. And when they did the event, it would shatter every single pay-per-view record ever by a mile. By a mile. As people watched it in droves. The vaccine is exactly like that. And I'm not telling you get it. I'm not telling you don't get it. That kind of stuff, that kind of medical stuff, you make that call on your own. I, I will tell you I have no intention of getting it. I am not. I do not view myself as being in any danger of, of being seriously harmed by coronavirus. I don't think anyone in my family is in serious danger of being harmed by coronavirus, and I'm not getting it. And frankly, I don't trust it. I don't trust those scumbags who made it. I don't trust anybody right now. Nobody. So I'm not getting it. But I'm not telling you not to. If you want to, go. But I think the government... They're out there bragging about, we have 100 million vaccines. We have 200 million vaccines. Get vaccinated. You can be first in line. You should get vaccinated. And leftists will threaten you. If you don't wear a mask, you should be last in line to get vaccinated. They just, they've created this conservative, this, this not conservative, this coronavirus bubble where they think everybody wants the vaccine. We were all needing the vaccine. We're dying to get the vaccine. Half this country doesn't want the vaccine. They're already having these stories leak out. Why aren't the why aren't all the hospital employees accepting the vaccine? We offered it to all of them, and, and like half of them won't take it. Yeah. Not everybody bought into the panic. They're buying the gladiatorial games on pay-per-view. They're just not telling you about it. Oh, the Air Force, there's a lot of refusal in the Air Force. I saw a headline the other day. They're not taking the vaccine. Yeah. You created, you invented this world in your mind where everyone's going to die from coronavirus and you have to get the vaccine or the world's going to end in coronavirus and coronavirus and coronavirus. Did you hear about coronavirus? And I'll oh, get the vaccine. And that's the world you occupied and you never realized there's a whole world outside of your world and people view it totally differently. 
totally differently. But there's so much outrage and shame and everything else that they're just quiet about it. That's all. Dear Dr. Jesse, you keep referring to Biden as the leader of the free world. Is it still accurate to call America free? I don't know how a communist country can be called free. His party is the Communist Party, and they are in power. So in addition to COVID fascism, makes America a communist country and therefore could not be free. Whatever you think about the freedom levels of America currently and the freedom levels of where we're going, when I say leader of the free world, what I mean is other nations around the world look at us that way. I'm not talking about our current situation, which I admit is very, very bad. It's very bad because it's going the wrong way. But we are looked at as the leader of the free world. Doesn't matter whether you think that should still be our label or not. That is how we're viewed. Hey, JK and Jewish producer Chris. My husband is missing a back tooth and tells my kids that the Koreans yanked it out of his head during the war. (laughs) The story is partly true. He was TDY in Kyrgyzstan during Operation Enduring Freedom, got an abscessed tooth, and it was pulled at the clinic by a South Korean dentist. (laughs) I love this guy. Anyway, my husband... And uh, who is originally from Canada and retired Air Force would love to sit and have a, a beer with you. Oh, gosh. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yes, that's good. Dear Great Oracle Sombrero Jesse, my wife and I are having our first baby in a month or so. We sat down a few weeks ago and got a baby registry together for her baby shower coming up. Several people went rogue and have got stuff that wasn't on the list. Am I wrong to be annoyed at the people going rogue and buying stuff we didn't want? Also, my sister-in-law got pretty mad because I refused to attend the baby shower. Men don't belong at those functions. Love the show. One, you're right. Men don't attend baby showers. My wife learned long ago, don't ask because I'm not coming. She tried that very early on. Women, to their credit, they love us. And they always want us there. Your, Your security and safety for, you know what? We're going to talk about this for a minute. Why why do women always want you there? Hang on a sec. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Super Beats heart chews don't taste like beets. And I'm supposed to come here and I'm supposed to tell you about how healthy they are. And that's why I take them. Because they are so good for my heart and blood pressure. You know I have heart and blood pressure issues that run in my family. So it is. It's why I take them. But I'm a human being. If they tasted gross, honestly, if they tasted at all like beets, I don't care how good they are for me. I would not be able to take them. But Super Beets Heart Chews are delicious. (laughs) It's my dessert with my dinner every single night. Every night I sit down, I have two Super Beets Heart Chews sitting next to my glass. As soon as I'm done with my meal, that's when I have my dessert. A good tasting, healthy dessert every single night. Go to getsuperbeats.com slash jesse. 
That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. Buy two bags, get the third free. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm also on locals. That's where I can't get kicked off. First of all, baby stuff. Men don't go to baby showers. But women, especially early on, they want you there all the time. They'll they'll call you. And this is this is because I'm such a jerk. We ended up getting in fights about this. They'll call you with nothing to say. Hi, hi, okay. And then there's this long period of silence. So, all right, well, I'm going to go. Why? We're just, we just, we just, we just started talking. You're not talking. Do you have anything to say? But she, in her defense, just wants you there, wants you on the phone. So they'll try to drag you to stuff early on, fellas, like baby showers. These are the ground rules you set early. This is why I said, have your fights. My wife knows better than to ask me to a baby shower because I ain't ever going. That's one. Two, yes, you have a right to kind of be annoyed that people are buying things that weren't on your baby registry. Kind of be annoyed. The reason I say kind of is this. They're still buying it for you. If it sucks bad enough, return it or junk it or re-gift it, but it's still something they're buying for you. What, Chris? Okay, that's actually a good point. Chris said, how hard is it to follow simple instructions? I said you have a right to be kind of annoyed because of that, but here's one of the things you'll learn, and Chris, you'll learn this when you make an honest woman of that girl and start cranking out kids too. When you first get married, everybody who's been married for a long time Not everybody. That's not fair. A lot of people who've been married for a long time want to give you advice. When you first have a kid, a lot of people who've had kids want to give you advice. It makes people feel good to give you advice. You don't know what you're doing. I do. Let me do it for you. That's why they buy things that aren't on your registry. Oh, he didn't put this on the registry, but he's never had a kid before. I have. Let me get him what I think he needs. That's all it is. But it's still, one, it's still free. It's their money. It's free. Two, you're better off smiling and saying thank you. There are plenty of things in life that are worth making enemies over. A bad gift is not one of them. What? Is that fair enough, Chris? It's free. Chris, I would think you of all people would appreciate that. Yeah, you can be angry about it. Yes, totally. So you can be angry about it, no question. Dear Shogun Steel, wearer of sombreros, Chris. I have twin 19-year-old boys, and I too miss when they believed all my lies. For instance, they once told their third grade class that I was named the world's most physically fit firefighter. <laughs> They only recently found out that scar on my face was actually from a lawnmower accident and not from a knife fight with a Mexican dude. Now they no longer believe my lies. I've turned to my nephew who believes that I'm the toughest guy on earth. When he was about four, he asked what the dip in my bottom lip was. 
I told him it was dirt, and it's what makes me super strong. It only works on grown-ups who have big muscles, and most normal men like his dad can't handle it. <laughs> He's now eight and does push-ups, sit-ups, and squats every night. I've assured him that I'll let him know when his muscles are big enough to start dipping dirt. <laughs> I fuck you guys. What a bunch of meatheads. Hello, Jesse and Jewish producer Chris. How tall is your wife? Since since mentioning you are 6'8 and you have two sons, presumably they're going to be as tall or taller than you. At your height, how were you able to join the Marines? I thought there was a maximum height requirement. All right, here's the deal. One, the wife is 5'2". Uh, do I like short chicks? Yeah, but I like tall ones too. 5'2". Chris, I, a man, I like them all. That's fine. But yeah, I like short chicks. One, two. And the funny thing happens when you're trying to join the Marines. The height limit was 6'4 at the time. I was 6'5 when I was trying to join, and I was 19 years old. 6'5. But they always want infantry guys. You're a, you're a priority because infantry is what the whole thing's about. Everything else, everyone else exists to support the infantry in some way. I was joining infantry. They don't really want to run you out for being too big. So at 6'5", I slouched on the scale a little bit, which you're not supposed to do. And the military doc kind of gives me the wink, wink, nudge, nudge and calls me 6'4". Okay, well, that worked out fine. I joined 6'5". Sounds good. Oh, life's fine. And then inexplicably... I hit a growth spurt at the age of 19, and I grow three years my first or grow three years. I grow three inches my first year in the Marine Corps. They don't kick you out once you're in. And what was terrible was now I'm never going to complain about being tall. Look, ask somebody who's five foot if they'd rather be tall, especially a dude. I'm never going to complain about being tall. It certainly comes with difficulties, though. And one of them was, a big problem was the uniforms. Uh, In Iraq, they had to give us desert camis. Well, the Marines don't have any uniform they can give you that's made for a 6'8 slender guy. Granted, I was a bit more slender back then, but they don't have any, any uniforms like that. So instead... I got like a quadruple XL, which is made for somebody huge. It looked like I was wearing a big trash bag around the desert. It was terrible. And I didn't fit in the Amtraks. We used to cruise around the uh, around Iraq, so my knees are always bashing into things. It was not it was not a comfortable existence, not by a long shot. Dr. Jesse The Harry and Meghan debacle is yet another example of the devastation that inclusiveness begets and provides another argument for arranged marriages, especially among royals. That Trojan horse was filled with the American strain of victimhood and social justice virus. Meghan may have just surpassed Pelosi as the most unlikable woman alive today, at least on the world stage, and is a close second to Marie Antoinette as the worst of all time. Okay, first of all, She's not as unlikable as Nancy Pelosi because she's so hot. There would still be guys who lined up to marry her tomorrow, and they would be miserable in the very, very short term, but yeah, they would line up to marry her tomorrow because she's so hot. She's not as unlikable as Nancy Pelosi. But 
every dude has a bo- has a uh, has a boy who got married to a controlling miserable nag and he hates his life now if he's not already divorced every dude has that story and look women have those kinds of stories too it, it oftentimes sadly it oftentimes happens to the women who love the bad boy i love a bad boy bad boy this bad boy that bad but well bad boys are bad boys and you end up in an unhappy marriage because of it because he ain't going to change once you marry him. This is human nature. You don't have to feel bad about it if it's happened to you. It happens to a lot of people out there. Look, look. The whole victim status social justice warrior thing is it's an infection in the left. And the weirdest part about it is it infects our most successful people. Oprah is a billionaire. A billionaire. Oprah is constantly whining about how racist and evil the United States of America is. The more successful you are, the more they seem to hate the place where they've achieved said success. It is bizarre. You know, we're going to talk to a Washington Redskins cheerleader about this. Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. As everybody knows, not big on Washington, D.C. at all, and certainly not those sorry Washington Redskins. So it actually pains me to welcome in now Jillian Anderson. She's a publicist. You may have rec- you may recognize her from The Bachelor, that chick show, and she was a Washington Redskins cheerleader. Jillian, did you ever feel dirty cheerleading for the Redskins? No, of course uh, not. I loved it. What do you mean, dirty? Uh, Who's your team again? I know this and I forget. Is it in the NFC? It's the New. They're the New York Giants, the good football team in the NFC. Ew. Yes. Yeah, you guys don't even have cheerleaders, so you should be used to this. That's exactly right, because the New York Giants run an upstanding, family-oriented football team. Now, in all seriousness, they're doing away with the Redskins cheerleaders. W- why? 
Well, there's a lot of – well, as you know, the Washington football team, which is, you know, not no longer the Redskins. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Sorry. They're punishing the female cheerleading squad. And this is – the and this is, you know, I, I'm a cheerleader, and I, and I get really passionate about this. This is a legacy cheer squad. We are the oldest cheer squad in NFL history, about 60 years this next year, and they just canceled it because of – a lot of sexual harassment claims. And what do you do to fix a sexual harassment claim? You hire on some guys and cancel the girls. Now, hold on, hold on. A lot of, sense, a right? lot of, a lot of sexual harassment claims. I, I don't think it's surprising at all that a bunch of dimes are going to get catcalled by somebody. But what actually happened? Was it ugly? Was it? Was it? I mean, was it ugly? Was it internal? Was it fans? What happened? Tell me what happened. Well, we saw a, fir- a first incident. The, the first incidents of this came out uh, with the 2012-2013 cheer squad. You can look in the news about what happened to that. Um, there was a lot of things that went on at the calendar shoot. Um, what happens is if you are if you are a sponsor of the Washington Redskins, you can join on to watch our cheer tryouts, um, which is kind of humiliating. Or you can join us on calendar shoots. There's a lot of risque things going on and that started sparking controversy then okay, what happened i can see that being a little creepy they, what they and, sold tickets to come watch you guys do a, a swimsuit shoot that's yeah i could see that being a little bit creepy <laughs> well there are other there are other instances involved and i think a few people uh, for obvious reasons got hushed um to talk any more about what else happened and then a few things popped up within like the corporate side of girls being harassed and then also being mistreated in the workplace, which happens far too often. And then there was more allegations of videos being leaked more recently of the cheerleaders. And instead of solving this problem, they hired more guys. You know, they're, they're always in the midst of a bunch of controversies. They're, I mean, like their public images in the toilet. What do you do? You scrap the name, you hire some dudes and you cancel the cheerleading squad. So what did they fire the they, whole they, cheerleading squad? Like, the, what women did they yeah, keep? They canceled their con. To my knowledge, to my understanding, they canceled all their contracts, and they're going to hire some sort of co-ed team, which is fine. I actually like a co-ed idea because I really like how the Ravens do their cheer squad. I love it; it's so much fun. But what they did with the Redskins was for the wrong reason. Now, and it was terrible. Now, let me ask you. How did you become a cheerleader? You were a cheerleader before you were on The Bachelor, right? Since I was seven. Seven years old. Are you one of those psychos that goes around to the competitions? Like, you were really, really good, I'm assuming, if you were a Redskins one. Were you in, like, the competitions for them? Oh, my God. I was on a couple of competition teams uh, throughout high school, and I've taught girls to go on ESPN. I've been a coach. Oh, I'm pretty cool. into it. Totally bring it on was real life for me. I loved it. <laughs> no shame. How does one become a Washington Reds, any cheerleader for a professional football team? Because they're not a bunch of bimbos. These these women are supposed to be all successful. Like It's, it's a very rigorous process, correct? Yeah. I mean, so I wrote in, in my article in the Federalist, I kind of broke down how difficult cheerleading is. If you look at cheerleading as a sport, I don't think people recognize the hard work and the broken bones and oh, yeah. all the tough things that we go through to do that. I was a gymnast, a cheerleader, and a dancer my whole life. And it's not really easy when you trust some guy to hold you by one foot. And you're switching feet and you're sweating. You hold your foot above your head and you're smiling doing it. And you got to trust this guy to catch you at a triple down. It's kind of scary. And to do like standing backflips on a cement floor cool if you can do that it takes a lot of work <laughs> but uh, and so i embrace this embrace the sport 
competitively. I loved it so much. But when you get to the, the professional world, there's a lot involved. And if you go from um, organization to organization, you have to have recommendations. You have to write essays depending on where you go. And then come the tryouts. For me, I moved to D.C. I was working at Fox. I had, like, no friends. And my dad had no sons. So he's like, well, Jillian, he likes two things, right? Fox News and football. And he's like, well, you work at Fox News. So are you going to try out for the Redskins? And I said, Dad, like, one, I'm broke. I don't have any money. And um, I'm kind of busy. He goes, okay, you can figure out your schedule. I just put money in your bank account. Go buy your outfit that you need <laughs> to try out. That's awesome. Now, <laughs> and then I did. What are cheerleading tryouts like? Well, they, I mean, have you never watched Making the Dallas Cowgirls? If you haven't, Rich show, but they have one of the most intense tryouts, and that's really, really cool because it's pretty accurate. I mean, there's a lot of hair and makeup involved, a lot of glitter, a lot of big hair, a lot of rhinestones, a lot of stretching, and a lot of nerves. But I will tell you, like the, some of these girls are just—I mean, they're some of the best friends I ever had. And I and I used to joke that anytime I moved, I would join the cheer squad because that's where you make friends. And and you haven't brought this up, but something I want other people to understand about professional cheerleaders is that a lot of these people are ambassadors to their community and what they're doing outside of the sidelines and hanging out with fans and, you know, sharing short generations of fans that come and wait in line to meet you. They're out doing trips overseas. I don't know if you get to see any cheerleaders while you're a Marine, but they're doing these trips overseas and they're going to children's hospitals. They're visiting veterans. They're a staple in the community and ambassador to the team. And they're doing a lot of work in the community and people don't recognize that as work, but it is. And it's, I mean, it's rewarding and it's fun. Well, I've often said that was actually the only thing we wanted to see. We didn't care about the new VIP, frankly, although we appreciated it. We didn't really care about the next actor. We didn't care about this or that. We either wanted to hear music or we wanted to see dimes. That's all we cared about because we were stuck overseas. And why do you like the Giants? <sighs> you know what? We don't have to go into that right now. That's a personal discussion. You have nothing that's, to cheer that's for. That's a personal that's discussion. <laughs> all right. Now, I, I have complained because I'm an old fuddy-duddy now about the environment at NFL football games. I think it's embarrassing. It's grown men, 50-year-old men vomiting on each other and fighting. I just think it's terrible. And, yes, the Redskins environment was just as bad. It's one of the worst I've ever been to. I can't imagine the things you have to hear. Did that part bother you? I I thought about that because we saw the cheerleaders when we were there, not that I was looking or anything, but we saw them, and I thought, man, these drunken idiots have to make their lives miserable. Oh, so the worst team – speaking of NFC East, is absolutely the Eagles. Of course. So before course. game day, before Eagles game day, we have a meeting. Hey, guys, be aware. This is the worst game day of the season. Ugh. It happens every year. We do get a sign. We walk around during the game. We have one bodyguard per two girls because it kind of, when you walk through the crowd, it kind of, it can become a lot. Uh. And the Eagles players, they like to live up to the idea that they are like the baddest fans in the NFL. And they, they love that. They get drunk really, really early. At 7 a.m., they're outside getting drunk. And so when they come in, they will shout really mean things to you. But they have thrown bottles at the girls in the field. And this is really disgusting. I, they, I remember the year before me hearing stories about someone getting urinated on oh. by a fan and the bodyguard slamming him up against the wall. But he was drunk. Of course. He got thrown out. Of course. But it's disgusting. Yeah, of course. I will, Jillian, I won't go anymore. I, I can't take, you would hate this. I can't take my sons. Huh? I can't take my sons. Oh. I, what, how could I take my sons to a game now unless we're in a luxury box? <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I don't know. 
all like that. But I was saying, as a, you don't have a daughter, do you? No, oh, thank God. No, no just sons. Yeah. That was like my dad's thing. He was like, ah, so excited. He's used to me like com- being a competitive cheerleader, you know, my whole life. Then he comes to his first like NFL game where I'm there, and he's like, I don't. He sees me like the signing tent, and he's like, why are these guys taking photos with you? I'm very uncomfortable with this. This is not, Poor guy. This is not what I thought. I go, Dad, you literally told me to do this. This is not what I imagined uh, it was going to be. Jillian Anderson, you are the best. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Hang on. We got more to Ask Dr. Jesse. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. You need to stop dipping, and I'm not going to scold you about dipping. I dipped forever. I loved it. I never, ever, ever got to the place where I didn't like it anymore. I knew I needed to quit. I mean, that's not news to you. I knew I needed to quit. I didn't want to quit. And when I have a meal, to this day, I'll want something in my lip after that meal. Maybe you dip at different times. That was always my thing. I had to have a replacement, a healthy replacement, to get me off of it. I'm not talking about a nicotine patch or nicotine gum. I'm talking about Jake's Mint Chew. No nicotine, no tobacco, sugar-free, a bunch of different long-cut flavors. They even have CBD pouches that really take the edge off. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 20% off. That's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, We'll be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special, where we not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus. But to get there, just, just do what you're told. Just do what you're Why won't you do what you're told? Didn't you hear? That's our king. And he said, if you just do what you're told, maybe he'll let you get together for the 4th of July. Maybe not. Check back in with the president. He'll let you know. <laughs> These people... These people have severely forgotten who runs this country. 
Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You go celebrate July 4th with friends and family. I don't give a crap what Joe Biden has to say about it. And by the way, not to be mean, I'm not going to have somebody whose brain is turned into melted chocolate tell me when he decides it's safe for me to go gather with friends and family. If I'm going to take advice from anyone, it's not going to be that idiot. Dear Texas Yeehaw Man. That's not nice. Last Christmas, I ordered a 3D printer from my wife because I'm a huge nerd. I recently found out that 3D printing guns isn't illegal as I had previously assumed it was. After telling my wife I was going to start 3D printing guns for fun, she got worried that I was going to hurt myself. After telling my buddy he was worried the ATF would be knocking on my door. I've done my research, and I'm certain that here in Utah, as long as I'm only making them for myself and I do it safely, it is legal to do so and I won't hurt myself. Are my wife and buddy worry warts, or am I just naive? Thanks for the awesome episodes every week, and keep on keeping on. P.S. My wife and I got married in October last year. In May, she's taking her national registry exam to become a registered x-ray technician and has loved every bit of her schooling. Wish her luck. Good luck. And he said I can use his first name. His first name is Josh. Good luck to yet another trade school graduate. Who's going to be making 60, 70 large a year with almost no debt? Anyway, not going to belabor the point. Well, I'm not going to go into the 3D gun portion of it. As you can imagine, I'm a big fan. Big fan. The more guns you have, the better. But I will tell you, women worry more than men worry. Because that's how God made them. Because they are nurturing especially to young children who can easily be hurt so they have this they have this sense about them where they want to avoid their children being hurt that transfers to their husband it's something women have to control about themselves just like men have to control things about ourselves but that's why women worry it's not about the guns my, uh, to this day my wife will send me a text now, she doesn't do it much anymore because I freak out about it. My wife will send me a text if it's taking too long for me to get home or something like that. Everything okay? It used to be the where are you, which she all she means by that is I'm worried. Did you get interrupted? Something happened. What's happening? But me, I feel like I'm being checked in on. So I used to always text her back. Oh, yeah, I just stopped off for some cocaine and strippers. Should be home in a while. And then I get that. That's not nice. I'm just checking in kind of a thing. But that's why women do it. They worry. Dear wise Shogun Kelly, I need advice. In-laws of over 20 years both turned into Trump-hating deranged loons over the last year or two. They also bought into the COVID lockdown nonsense, despite the fact their son-in-law, me, owns a small business that supports their daughter and grandkids. We live in the free state of Florida, thank God, but I get so angry because they are low-information CNN, CBS watchers, who are evidently thrilled the orange man can't mean tweet anymore, but couldn't care less about the future of their kids and grandkids of the country. My wife, thank God, sees what the commies are doing to this country, but of course loves her parents and is stuck in the middle. Needs some advice because every time I now pay 60 cents more a gallon for gas than two months ago or can't go to a ball game without a stupid mask, I'm ready to drive over to her house and thank her folks for that. Any advice? He said, thanks, I can use his name, and his name is Mike. Mike, they're insane. They're wrong. It's their fault. 
They're everything that's wrong with America. But they're still your wife's parents. And you're stuck with your wife forever. You keep the peace on the home front. Grin, bear it, keep your mouth shut, let them harp. You go have some butt heavies in the corner and hold your tongue. We're not done yet. Hang on. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Facebook, but I'm also on Locals. I'm reminding you of that now because I can't be kicked off of Locals. And this may be the day where I get the heave-ho from the other ones. The New York Post put up a a headline that said scientists want to send 6.7 million sperm samples to the moon. I simply responded, I'm not sure how we can justify sending the vice president to the moon. Apparently, this has upset some people. So I would highly recommend finding me on Locals. Didn't I tell you it was going to be a fun Ask Dr. Jesse Friday? Did I not tell you it was going to be? You have a safe, happy weekend. Life is good. No matter what, life is good. We will be back to have some more fun on Friday. Wait, on Monday? I need to leave. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. 
Now I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.